Welcome to another edition of the Tom Green Podcast. And if you've been following this podcast since we've hit Anchor, Apple, Google, and all the major podcast outlets, you can see that this is podcast number 100, a big mark for yours truly. And it's we've gone a long way since this podcast started on Apple. So I'd like to thank everyone that's listened to the show. We've hit just about 5,000 plays in fact, once this show gets up, we'll probably have hit over 5,000 plays on the network. So it's been a great run. And in fact, this podcast even got me my first job. I'd like to thank Kelly Carpenter at WLEW Radio, where I work at, for listening to the podcast. I never really did ask which one she listened to, but she listened to one and said, I got to hire this man tomorrow. So tomorrow didn't happen because I was doing the, the um Garber Coaches show while that was happening, but one thing turns into another, and here we are with 100 shows. So, uh, my guest on this show, we're kind of restarting the Life in Sports series on the podcast. With that being said, we're bringing in somebody from Fox 9 in Minneapolis. Had to pull out all the stops for this one, but I'm glad that she's here with us. She is Dawn Mitchell at Fox 9. Welcome to the show, Don. Oh, Tom, thanks so much for having me. And um, congratulations, not only on the podcast, but on your job. You're doing great. Thanks a lot. And Don's been a, fa- a fan-slash-mentor of mine since she found out that I've known Jenny Chaft for quite a few years. So it, w- it was great to have this connection. In fact, the last... The last time I, re- I talked to Jenny Taft, I referred to you as her work mom. <laughs> Uh, sister, let's not push sister. it, Tom. You All right, sister. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Work sister, Dawn Mitchell. So, <laughs> with that being said, um, Dawn is, of course, reporting the news with a lot of sports as well at Fox 9. So, the first question I have for you is, what inspired you to work in the sports department? Well, you know, I've only really done sports. Sports has been my number one thing. I think just for a couple of years, Fox 9 also had me do a little bit of news, but I was an athlete growing up. I had uh, four brothers, no sisters. My dad was a former athlete, so you just play sports. You live, you breathe it. Um, and then when I was in college, I got an internship at the sports department. I was also a dancer, so I didn't know if I wanted to work for the entertainment reporter or the sports director at WBZ in Boston. And then I grew up watching this guy, Bob Lobel. And if anyone's from Boston, um, they probably know that name. And I just adored him. You know, you grew up as a kid watching him. And I ended up interning for Bob Lobel. And I loved it. And I actually was offered to be his assistant two weeks before I graduated college. So, you know, as any college kid out there knows, you, you're wanting a job, right? All of your other oh, yeah. friends are either going to law school or they're getting their first job. And, you know, when you're in TV, it's, it's really difficult. And, um, you know, it was part-time. But I was like, wow, my foot is in the door. So I started actually working at WBZ in Boston two weeks before I graduated from Boston College. So you are an eagle. I am an eagle. Proud. We are BC. You know it. One One of my, believe it or not, one of my favorites to watch in news, and God rest his soul, he died far too soon, was Tim Russert, who always talked BC 
after Meet the Press. Yes, he certainly did. He certainly did. He was a proud alum. So, yes, very very good insights. Um, Of course, no. Like I had said, I... I started. I actually started part time at the at WLEW for a month, and then we had a freak resignation around Christmas. In fact, week seventeen, I was supposed to hang out in Cleveland for the final game of the season. I have some drinking buddies in Toledo that we were going to hang out in Cleveland for the final game of the season of uh, with the Brown well, Browns as well as Lions Packers, but. Um, <laughs> We had a freak resignation, which promoted me to full time. So it you know, me- that's the crazy thing about this business. It's really getting your foot in the door and working hard in relationships because you never know what can happen. It's either a freak resignation or someone might want to move somewhere for family reasons or you just never know what's going to happen, especially when you're young in the business. Um, sometimes it's harder if you go to an established place where um, a higher market or a city where people they basically keep the jobs their whole entire lives, but still the nature of the business is so changing, ever changing that anything can happen. So you absolutely get it. You know, you get there and next thing you're like, wow, oh, sure. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. And for those that, that didn't haven't known, uh, back in 2007, I was in seventh grade. Uh, one of my, when I, well, back when I was in sixth grade, one of the aides in my English language arts class heard my voice, and I was honestly more of a shy guy back in school, but heard my voice and said, Tommy, would you like to announce for my husband's football team, the uh, Essexville, I almost said Jacksonville, Essexville Jaguars, a community ed middle school football team. So I said, sure, why not? I did the last game of the season. The Jaguars finished 6-0. and and her, well, her son, Kirk, um, Diane Ross is her name. Her son, Kirk, was a senior. And so they needed a replacement after Kirk graduated because Kirk was going to go to college. And so they decided to try me for a game. And I actually got to sit in the press box at Engel Stadium at Bay City Central. And who but Trenton Robinson was in the booth that day. He was a senior at Bay City Central. And so I always have the story to where I tried to convince him to go to Michigan. We all know how that turned out. He was part of the only class that swept Michigan at Michigan State. But, hey, at least that that was my first big story to say, hey, I think I want to go into this industry. And, of course, maybe you do, maybe you don't know. Uh, John Morosi graduated from Essexville-Garber High School. I also graduated from Essexville-Garber High School. It's a pipeline, Tom. It's a pipeline. <laughs> we do. I have. I had that connection. I got to know John throughout going through school. In fact, I remember back in 2011, he was leading a conference at um, the Bayer and at Career Center. And the first thing I asked John was, "What are your thoughts about the Tigers picking up Brad Penny?" <laughs> so, oh my goodness! So John could tell even back then that that was my big interest and. My voice has literally gotten me there, albeit in the world of news right now. And as I've told you, I'm applying like wildfire to try to get back into the sports department. But thing, things have, as Jane Slater from the um, from NFL Network actually tweeted me, life puts you where you need to be. Exactly. And so my next question for you is, um, 
working at Fox 9. Is this your dream job? Oh, of course. I mean, I get to, I just came off covering my fifth Super Bowl. So if you, if you love football, if you love any sports, uh, you would love that. I think any person getting into sports is a dream job, right? Um, Would you think Minnesota is a dream location? (laughs) Many people would say no. Uh, And especially where I left Chicago, I was working in Chicago to come here. I didn't have to leave my job in Chicago. I loved my job in Chicago. But when you get a chance where a company says you can be yourself, you can write your own, we want a woman, we're going to give you 15 minutes on Friday and Saturday. We're going to have you travel with the Vikings. We're going to give you pre and post game shows. I even did sidelines for the network for their regional games for many years. Um, it's it's hard to say that's not a super dream job, if that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, but you know, sometimes people are like, well, why would you go to Minnesota? That is the reason why. And and one of the pieces of advice I always tell people is don't get caught up on the market and the location. Get caught up on what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. Because some people might think you're crazy to leave a town like Chicago. And no, I loved Chicago. And, you know, Foresight um, was not one of my things when I left. But I worked at CLTV, which is was the sister station at WGN, the 24-hour, kind of like the CNN of Chicago. They folded doors at the end of this year. But also, a year after I left, and I did not know this was coming, they got rid of sports. So it turned out to be magnificent for me. I had friends in Chicago saying, did you know they're getting rid of sports? You should have told me. I had no idea. I just followed my heart. You know, I turned down Minnesota a couple of times. I'm like, no, I love Chicago. I don't want to go. Um, So it's also nice to be pursued. You know, it's kind of like when a coach wants a player, you know. The the news director, Ted Canova, he wanted me, he pursued me, and, and I, I came to Minnesota, and uh, he was the smartest guy in the room, and he did not mind a strong woman. Uh, he wanted to give me airtime. He let me be me. That's hard to find in this world. So you don't get caught up in, oh, I'm leaving a second market, going to you know 14. No, it's what are, what are you doing? So for me, everyone's dreams are different, but for me is to be able to do my job and love it. Uh, I loved Chicago, but getting into the Fox family and then and getting now to cover five Super Bowls and to, you know, this was just my 15th Viking season that I covered. I'm also the weekend anchor. Um, it's amazing. And, and people think, well, Minnesota. I said, there's so much going on in Minnesota. We've never had a stoppage since I got here. So... I would say, Tom, more than just a dream. It's kind of, we joke around in this business, whenever you're having a bad day, you say, I'm living the dream. But you know, you really have to stop yourself and say you are. Yeah, I I had seen memes on the internet saying, asking a a Midwestern white guy or girl how they're doing. Oh, we're doing, or living the dream. And I'm like, oh my God, I say that every day. Yep, that's what we say at work. How you doing? Living the dream. And sometimes you're being sarcastic, right? Because you're just tired. You're just running around. But, you know, bottom line is we are. It's fantastic. And Fox, if you love sports, is the place to be. So, yes, to all those questions, yes. Definitely. And right now I'm working in a position to where I feel is a stepping stone. Um, News reporting and news reads at small town Bad Axe, Michigan. In fact, I've gotten... (laughs) <laughs> I've gotten a few people that have told me that um, 
It sounds like you're saying badass. Well, I feel like a badass, but I'm actually working in bad acts. <laughs> bad <acts>. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? It's all of those jobs. I mean, gosh, you know, when I first started in the business, I wasn't on air. You know, I was behind the scenes. So, um, you know, I didn't even want to be on air. That was not a goal of mine, to be honest with you. I had an internship tape because we all had to do one when we were interns. Um, but I was happy with just being behind the scenes. I'm like, really? I could wear jeans to work and watch games and, and pick highlights and talk to athletes? And are you kidding me? I was, a fa- I was an athlete. So that was a dream job. And then, you know, finally one of my bosses when I worked at Nesson said, Dawn, you're writing everything and you're you're doing all the interviews and you're handing it off for other people to say. Why don't you just say it yourself? So I got in front of the camera that way. Leslie Visser has a great quote. And she said, there are women who love sports and end up in TV. And there's people who love TV and end up in sports. Be the first one is my, my piece of advice. <laughs> you know, love sports and end up on TV. You know, so it's not really how you get there. It's the journey. And I never thought if I was in high school, I wouldn't say I'd be a TV reporter doing sports. Now, I knew that I probably didn't want to do nine to five and, and do a, a, a job I didn't love. But it just kind of came to me. Gotcha, and that's that's very interesting, and it kind of, it kind of already it kind of already butts into the next question, which was the path to get there, and um, I might as well go ahead and that if any anything else you have to add on a path to get to where you have where you're at. You know, always say yes. You know, I mean, if uh, if Bob Whitelaw and he was the man at, at Nesson, um, New England Sports Network for people who aren't familiar. So I was working behind the scenes. I was a stage manager and I did that freelance. So when you talk about all your different jobs, you know, I was working at WBZ still um, as the assistant to Bob Lobel. Soledad O'Brien, by the way, was the assistant to the news directors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it was that kind of group I was as, uh, around at the time and one of our producers uh, Jonathan Wald that he went on to produce the Today Show and, he, and he's now with um, MSNBC so it's just kind of crazy uh, grouping of talent but you start and then you just work you know so I was working at WBZ I was working for ESPN behind the scenes as a stage manager I worked for four years for CBS I traveled and and was a stage manager for their baseball package so you just follow your passion you know you follow your passion and then you're like someone says well you know your stuff Leslie Visser was the person who said you should be on air and I said wow one of my bosses in Boston is saying that and then I get the phone call. This was the phone call that changed your life. The story that everyone, you know, asks you. I was in Omaha, Nebraska. I wasn't doing the Major League Baseball package. I did the College World Series when it was Rosenblatt Stadium. And I get a phone call on the, the production trailer. And it's Bob Whitelaw from Nesson saying they're, they were starting a weekend version of a show back then called Sports Desk. Um that a woman named Amy Stone was anchoring Monday through Friday and they were making a weekend one. And so he called me up. He said, Hey kid, you know, we're starting a weekend version of, um, sports desk. Uh, I'd really like you to work on it. I said, okay, Bob, sure. I'd love it. And he's like, okay, you always say yes. Right. I didn't even know what I was saying yes to. 
it was okay. I go, well, wait a minute. What do I be doing? I'll be producing it and writing it and all that. And he said, yeah. And I figured anchoring too. Literally, that was the phone conversation. I went, what? He goes, yeah. He goes, I know you can do it. I'll see you on Monday. And that's how I got on air. So you just never know. You work for people. They like you. They see your hard work. You never know what's going on behind the scenes. You never know if someone's going to resign, like what happened to you, and you get mm-hmm. a job. You don't know if they're starting new shows, and they've been watching you the whole time. Um, and this is another wonderful thing, women supporting women. Amy Stone said to me, hey, Don, do you have a tape? And this is before, because I didn't know they are thinking of starting a weekend show. And I said, um, what do you mean? She goes, you have an on-air tape. I said, well, from my internship days, like two years ago, from college, she said, let me just take a look at it. I said, okay. I didn't think two things about it. She gave it to Bob Whitelaw. She's like, Bob, I think she would be good. Here's her tape from two years ago. Because when I said, Bob, how did you, you've never even seen me on tape. He goes, yeah, Amy gave me your internship tape. Women supporting women. I never forgot that. Leslie Visser saying you should be on air. This is what you need to do. Women supporting women. Um, and so I'm a strong advocate for that. And I don't only support women as, you know, Mike Trudell was an intern of mine who's in L.A. Um, but I've, there's so many women that stop other women from getting in the business because they're jealous and they don't want them to take their jobs. And I swore I would. I Well, first of all, I'm not built that way. I could never do that. But women helping women is amazing. And then I got my first on-air job at Nesson. And that was in Boston, which is hard, getting your first on-air job in Boston in front of everyone you ever grew up with, your kindergarten teachers, your, you know, first grade teachers. So that was, that's interesting, but, you know, you never say no. If it's something you want, you just say yes, and then you, you just do it. That's right. And, uh, and of course, you, <laughs> you went to Boston where they don't know if you're talking about your khakis or your khakis. Well, that you really need to work on your accent. That sounded a little Fargo meets. Um, I'm not quite sure, but yes, you know, watch the Smart Cat commercial. The, the Smart, Smart Cat. Maybe you'll learn a little bit, kid. Gotcha. And of course, the <laughs> the, um, the fun thing about when it, when it, the Tom Green podcast is that points can bring bring up other points, and that is um, women supporting other women. At first, when I was Meeting a lot of the pe- a lot of the people that I have, a lot of them were women, and I will admit that part of it was guy reasons. But then uh, after a couple of years, and like you know, it's a lot. A lot of su- if you bring them a lot of support, and women support others, it can really open up a door. And that's how I became a bit more of an advocate myself. I just kind of ran into it. <laughs> You know, women have been doing this for a long time. There's a few of us but um, that have been doing it for as long as we have. But uh, Laura Oakman is a very good friend of mine, and, mm-hmm. and she has been actively doing it with a, a company that she formed called Galvanize to help young women um, who want to be sideline reporters. Um, That's just one of her jobs. She also, um, as you know, at Westwood One Radio. She has sidelines for Fox. Um we both got in the business about the same time. We've just, you know, it's Pam Oliver, all of us, Erin Andrews. There's a few of us that have been doing it for a long time. And when we first started, we'd be at games by ourselves. I mean, there's many times I would look around. I was the only woman. I didn't notice that because I was raised with boys. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you saw another woman, you're like, hey, 
you know, first time Pam Oliver and I met, we're like, finally, another woman, you know, um, and you become friends. And it's great to, it's great to see these women now realizing, listen, we did not have that support and not so much that women were mean. They weren't around. There's a difference, you know, like people want to make it out that women are catty or this and that. But if you're in the world of sports, many times you did not have someone to be your mentor. I was lucky enough to have that. And when I worked at WBZ, there was a woman named Alice Cook, who's a former Olympic um, figure skater, and she became a reporter. And for me, I was like, wow, here's a, a woman on air in Boston that I can look to. And I ended up interning for um, you know WBZ, as I told you, and she was there. So I had amazing female mentors, Jackie McMullen, uh, who's now, people know her on ESPN, but she was writing for the Boston Globe. Um, I, I lucked out having those few rare mentors. And it's not only female for me. Peter Gammons was a big mentor of mine in Boston about how to write, how to, you know, even though you're going to be on TV, you need to write, you need to do this. And he, very encouraging. You know, you're, I was just around a lot of big names that were solid journalists, Bob Ryan, Dan Shaughnessy, um, you know, not only um, if you know Sean McDonough, but his dad, Will McDonough, used to write for the Boston Globe. So there's all these iconic people that when I interned, I'm surrounded by these people and I just absorbed it all. So never think as a young person, oh, these old people, they're they're they don't know what they're doing anymore because the generation is all about digital. No, these older people know this business. You know, that's why I say pick the brains of the older people, support young people. It's, um, it's an amazing business to be in. Exactly. And one of my, my one of my mentors is uh, Tim Brando. In fact, I call yes. him, I call him my work dad. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we met a couple of years ago at Michigan, Minnesota and he, and, uh, Minnesota basketball, that is, and we always keep in touch, and it's it's great it, it's great to have those people because uh, and and I've said it to others that e even you've mentored people such as Jenny Taft, who and that's how we got to know one another, uh, Jamie Erdahl, who I like to I like to listen to, I've yet to meet. Uh, I remember you talking about Katie Emmer getting her. Uh, she got into NBC Sports Philadelphia as a desk reporter um correct me if i'm wrong of course we talked about mike trudell well actually katie is, is covering the flyers yes so yeah she's she's in her little hockey um realm where she's amazing so i'm so proud of her for that yeah and my and, and mike trudell was my intern in chicago um you know it, it when when someone loves it and and is talented and gets it and is hardworking, um, I will help them all day long. It doesn't matter, male, female. And you know, some of my interns don't end up being on air. One of my interns, Paige, just became a police officer. And she thanked me for giving her confidence to believe in herself. So, if you know, um, internships have changed nowadays. A lot of companies don't have them anymore. I know Fox doesn't really have as many. Um, but I, I really admire young people that like either will send me an email or want to have a, a conversation. And 
um, you never discourage, never discourage someone from their dreams because there's so many people out there in the world enough that are going to do that. I am not going to be one of those people. Gotcha. Yes. Support, support one another, women supporting women, men supporting men, men supporting women, women supporting men. Doesn't matter. Support each other and things will work out the way they should. Well, it's just such a crazy business. It really yes. is. It's unlike any other, um, especially in sports. You know, like I always yes. tell men and women, I said, listen, this isn't like you're going to work at Prudential and going going to an office, right? You're going into locker rooms. You're dealing with people who are emotional, who, who have just, you know, been sweating and putting their heart into a game. You know, this isn't uh, corporate. Um, it is corporate TV wise, but the games aren't. So it's kind of it's a, it's an interesting world where you have to bridge both of it. You know, and you're the conduit. You know, you're not the story. You're there to bring the story. So, you know, that's where it's such a unique business in, in, in my world. You know, it's like, okay, you have to please the corporate sponsors. You got to please your bosses. You know, you have to, you know, be professional when you present it. But you're going into a realm where people just gave their all emotionally and physically and blood, sweat, and tears literally on a field for something. It's more than just the money behind it. So the reporter is the conduit to, to tell that story. You, uh, you have to be ready for that. And maybe that's what I'm very honest with anyone who's my intern or someone who comes to me for advice. Like this is just more than you like sports and you're going in there. You know, you, you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to portray that athlete or that coach as who they truly are. You have a responsibility to your bosses to tell the story, no matter how hard it is. Like, you can't be friends with an athlete and then be able to tell a true story. You know, there's a line you have to toe. So, yes. you know, I, I, I believe in, in being very truthful, but also saying, listen, this is a different world. You know, you're not going to just punch out nine to five and be like, have dinner with your girlfriend. You know, if there's breaking news, Bruce Boudreaux was just fired by the wild. You know, I was supposed to do the night shift in anchor. No, you wake up to that news and you're working from the time you wake up until the next year. Your eight hour day doesn't exist. So um, I think part of making it in the business and um, determining who's ready for it is to be brutally honest and to see who still loves it. And those are the people who are doing well. Exactly, and one and, and one thing is when you when you're reporting at a game, you literally don't know what's going to happen. Well, <laughs> of course, I, I I hate to bring it up, but unless you're the Astros and you're banging trash cans, but you don't know what's going to happen, but until the end of the game, like for example, when we had met at Lions Vikings in Detroit, um, you were doing. I forget the report was, was it skull or not or something like that? And it's like, you know, she and Fox Knight do not know what's going to happen until the end of the game. Who you're going to interview at the end of the game, who is the MVP, etc. You don't know what's going to happen. It's all, it's, it's all up in the air until the action happens on the field. Well, and that's when you just have to be prepared. You know, yes. you don't know who you're going to get. You don't know who you're going to talk to. You don't have time to write questions down. You just have to be ready and go. So it's, you know, I always say that the number one thing you need to know, basically, at the bottom edge is know your sport, right? Yes. Because if you don't know what's going on, you know, you're at a loss. So um, know your sport, know the players, know the background. But the, you know, the big rock that you got to get in there is the sport. So, um 
I know one of the, the tricks I like to do with people um, sometimes is have them get all ready for an interview and write questions and they're all prepared and and then they'll they'll go they'll go up to the athlete and then I say you know give them the microphone and I'll say oh hold on a second and I grab their notebook. Now the look of terror in the eyes is like what? No, those are my questions. I go no, you you know what you want to now have a conversation with this. He's a person. She's a person. You're not just going to rip off questions to this person. You're going to have a conversation with this person because you are, you should already know what you want to talk to them about, um, and that that's the key to authenticity. Definitely. So next uh, next question I have is um, what what's one of your Best or most interesting stories when um, being on the job? Oh, my goodness. I, you know, I can barely even remember my own name, let alone um, stories. I Her think, name is um, Dawn. <laughs> one of my young pup stories that when I go to colleges and I like to tell, um, it is a, a, this happened to me. It's a truthful story. And um, it was Larry Bird's final year. And I was uh, working at a radio station. I, I think it was my senior in college. I was right out of college. You know, so I had the little microphone and the recorder, right? It was before it was, like, on your phone, okay? Um, and I was a little nervous. You know, you're in the scrum, and you're, you're with, like I said, these iconic people from Boston, you know? There's the Bob Ryans. There's the Dan Shaughnessy's. There's the Jack McMullins. You know, Will and Dennis are all there. Um, not that they intimidated me, but I'm like young, young girl. And so I had asked Larry Bird a question and, um, my first question was not great. It was, it was a rookie. It was, I think they're playing the Knicks the next day. And I was like, you know, so Larry, when you face the Knicks and I said last night, rather than tomorrow night, you know, you're just nervous when you face the Knicks last night is revenge on your mind. Okay, you're all cringing like, because he said the Knicks, they played terrible the last time out. And he just looked at me and went, no, that was it. And everyone started laughing, (laughs) right? And so I know I botched the question. I could feel the blood in my cheeks, you know. I could hear the, they're not laughing at me. Like, you know, I've been in those scrums later. You know, you just laugh. (laughs) Like, okay, the way he looked at me and just dressed me down, no. And I'm thinking in my head, what a jerk. What a jerk. He knew what I meant, right? Because you're young Mm -hmm. and you're green and you're like, but I didn't do any, I didn't say it. I'm just sitting there and my cheeks are all pink. And so then <clears throat> I didn't move. I didn't, you know, turn tail as they say. I just stood there. And then I asked another question. I can't remember. It's kind of like a little softball bubble question. And he gave me a little softball answer back. But then a couple more questions later, I said, so Larry, tomorrow night when you face the Knicks, revenge isn't going to be on your mind because I believe he held you to a season low from the field and blah. And, you know, and I gave stats and he's just looking at me. I'm thinking, oh, no, Larry Bird, man. <laughs> right. And he looked at me and he said, you know, what? you're absolutely right. I've been thinking about that game since the minute it ended. And I'm I. I want to get back there and I want to beat them, whatever it was. It was great. Suddenly people weren't laughing anymore. They were writing down, you know, on their notepads because it was the money bite, as we call it. Right. It was awesome. And so I'm thinking in my head, huh, 
that's what he should have said the first time, you know, because you're just young and you're stupid. Um, and, and, but also, you know, all right, that's what I wanted. That was, that's exactly what I wanted. So then I move on to talk to the next person and I get a tap on the shoulder and it's Will McDonough. Bless his soul. I love him. I miss him. Um, and he goes, Hey kid. And I said, yeah, he goes, you're in. I go, I'm, I'm in, I'm in what? He says, you're in with Larry. I go, he was a jerk. I go, he, he knew what I was saying. He goes, no kid, you're missing the point. You messed up. You asked a rookie question. You got schooled, (laughs) you know, but you didn't turn tail. You didn't leave. You didn't give up. You held your own. Hey, you threw a softball in there, but then you backed it up. You came back. You were respectful. You asked a question. You backed it up with stats. And and that's the soundbite I'm using tomorrow when I write my column. And I was like, huh, well, he should have known. He goes, no, 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 this, this is what you've learned. And I go, oh, interesting. Okay. You know, so that was, well, McDonough took that moment to teach me. And um, then I get a tap on the shoulder again. And I turn around. I think it's Will. And then I look up. And it's Larry Bird. And Larry goes, Don, you know, his little accent. I said, yes. He goes, going to be at practice tomorrow? And I said, yes, I am. He goes, I look forward to it. And he turned around and walked away. And from that day on, little me, if I walked into a locker room, whether they're going to the playoffs or, or if it's a big game and tons of media, he'd be like, where's, where's Don? And he would have me, I pulled me out from the back of the crowd and stand like right next to him so that I could get my microphone in there. Um, it was a learning lesson, but it also told me, listen, you got to be prepared. You got to ask your question right. Right? It's not yeah. the athlete's fault. It's you. The response you get from an athlete, it's not their it's not their responsibility. It's yours. So if you have an interview and the athlete is t- like doesn't give a good response, that's on you. That's not on the athlete. And and so that taught me a valuable lesson. It taught me a valuable lesson and also back your your questions up with facts. You know, or don't don't turn tail if your first question fails or that you didn't get what you want. Then just ask it again. Um, But be respectful. These are people. So it was a huge lesson for me. It was a huge lesson. Um, And then by the end of the year, I love Larry Bird. I think he's the best guy ever. I still love Larry Bird. And you know what? Just like Will told me later, he goes, Larry Bird loves competitors. You were a competitor. You didn't give up. He schooled you. You stayed and you gave him a respectable second question. He loves that. You're a fierce competitor and now he admires you or respects you, I should say. Um, And then years later when I was in Milwaukee, he remembered me. He's like, I know you. And I said, yeah, I used to work at the radio station. He goes, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, so it's great. But those are the lessons that you learn, that, you know, as a, just a green reporter, like get over yourself, but know your stuff. Yes, that very, very good story. And that, that doesn't surprise me that Bird is that way, because Bird, Bird, Bird's funny <laughs> and he, he's a competitor, like you had said. Yeah, he earned his respect. You know, he wasn't rude to me. He just went, no. You know, that's probably what I would say if I were an athlete and someone asked me a question like last night. You know, yeah. is revenge on your mind? Well, first of all, it's tomorrow, little girl. Uh, second of all, um, okay, revenge is on my mind. Well, you know, rookie green question, you know. 
So back it up with facts. What, what did you really want to ask them? Tomorrow when you go in there, are you remembering the last time that they basically beat you and, and held you to a season low from the field? You know, then just say that. Just say that. Just ha- just meet them at a certain level of their of their sport and back it up with facts. And and it'll work out. And be respectful. These are humans. You know, have conversation with them. Exactly. And of course, a funny story I have is um, doing some freelance for my old high school, Essexville Garber. I did some sideline interviews, and the first one I did was with uh, now Michigan recruit Alex Van Sumeren. I didn't have a mic with me, so I used a water bottle. And everybody in the, the school, let's say I did some substitute teaching for a couple of months, everybody in the school was asking me, can I get a water bottle interview? Can I get a water bottle interview? <laughs> You just roll with you just roll with it, and that's what I All did right. that night. <laughs> you still have to have fun with it, you know. It, exactly, and so uh, one of my last or the last thing I have is um, um, we had talked in person that you you say be you to others to you know be yourself, be authentic. Um, any other advice you have for college students that may be listening to this? Well, first of all, like I said earlier, the big rock is knowing your sport. You know, so or and or all of them. So if you're not like I got to go cover the soccer team, I don't know what soccer is. Well, then learn it. Like sit there and learn it. Know know what you're going in so that you can meet them, the athletes, the coaches on that level. You know the names are going to change. You know the the fact remains that there's a lot of athletes that I covered that are now retired or even coaching. You know you're going to get new names. So. You still have to know the history of who played and those people, but the sport doesn't really change unless, you know, the rules might change. But no, so the big rock is to know the sport, know your craft as well. And and just when I say be you, and I don't mean Boston University because, you know, I am Boston College and there are rivals. Um, (laughs) When I say be you... Some people have that double voice when they go on TV, right? Um, And I'm speaking from a TV aspect because that's my job. So some people, you have earned a a right, a privilege to be in someone's home on television. And people can smell fakers a mile away. So the biggest compliment I feel in my life I receive is you're exactly on TV as you are in, in real life. And that should be how it is. You don't talk a certain way. I mean, of course, you have to you know, be professional or, or speak in 30 seconds, you know. Um, but you don't suddenly get a different voice. <laughs> you know, I, I know some friends when you're early in the business, you talk like this. And it's like, well, then, hello. Hi, I'm Don Mitchell. Like, no, don't change your voice. Don't become stiff. Uh, don't become arrogant don't become anything other than who you are because people are going to smell that as a faker a mile away and it is an honor to be in someone's home they're watching you on their couch you're in their house so you owe it to those viewers to be authentic and be yourself and people like well i don't know what that means i'm like how you're talking to me is how you should be talking on air now, clean up the ums and the ahs and the moving your hands, you know, because you have to be a little cleaner in your presentation because you are in a small little box and make it concise, but don't change who you are. And because and athletes and coaches can can tell too. 
you know, they all of a sudden want someone to come up to them and, and be kind of awkward and rigid. Just be who you are. Um, and because that comes across on air. People can see your joy. People can see, wow, she loves this sport or she loves telling someone else's story. When you sit down with athletes, you just have to be yourself because they'll open up to a fellow human. You know, they won't open up to someone they don't trust. Uh, and your job is to get them to tell their story. So whether it's an athlete, whether it's a coach, whether it's someone on the, a fan on the street that wants to tell their story, uh, they're going to open up to a human. So um, you always get your best when you're honest and you're who you are. So that's what I mean when I when I want someone to be themselves. Because yes. uh, People can tell, don't do the double voice. Save everyone. Don't put on the fake broadcast voice. <laughs> don't put on anything fake. Just be just be yourself. Someone's not going to like you, then they're not going to like you. They're going to love you, they're going to love you, but they're loving you for who you are. And at least for me, hopefully, almost 500 reps of either being on camera with the sports show I did in my basement or doing the podcast from my truck to today, hopefully you can see that I've developed a good personality on air. See, it's not even about developing a personality on air. It's okay. about being who you are first and bringing yes. that on air. Does that does that make sense? Yes, definitely. You know, it's it's it, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter if someone stuck a mic in Tom Green's face, whether he was at a pizza shop, whether he was in his truck, or whether he's in a and you know, a, let's say network studio. You should always be the same person. Like now all of a sudden, oh, he's totally different now. I mean, yes, the means cleans up a little bit. Like, oh, okay, maybe he's got a better suit on. <laughs> you know, oh, maybe, you know, he's got a different stylist for his hair. I mean, you know, we all change that. But who you are and how you come across should um, should always be the same personality. Because it should be who you are to begin with. Bob Seeger would love mentioning uh, still the same, because that's who you should be. <laughs> I guess so. Fun fact. Um, no, I think that song was not a, a, a nice, polite one. <laughs> Fair enough. Fun fact about uh, another Bob Seeger song, Main Street. He was actually referring to Main Street in downtown Ann Arbor. Was he really? He was. Hmm. I remember my brothers had his albums, so I, you know. Know, some some of those Bob Seger songs <clears throat> when I was little, sneak into yeah. my brother's room and listen to those. <laughs> and of course, Bob is from small town Michigan. In fact, he he might very well be listening to me on WLEW because he's in that in that region. <laughs> Fun fact. So ah, just, I didn't know he was from there or lived there. He's just a small town guy. I've not, I've never met him, but from what I've heard and from being at one of his concerts, that's who he is. That's a small town guy. So uh, to wrap this up, last question I have for you is: like any other podcast, the hundredth time I've asked this on the major networks. Anything else you have to add to this wonderful Tom Green podcast? You know, just love what you do. That's I think in anything in life, and that sounds so hallmarky. But uh, life is short. So if you love it and you're going to spend so much time doing it, literally, like when we, my photographer and I were covering Super Bowl, people were like, oh, did you have fun in Miami? Well, 
define fun because my shortest day was 15 hours of work. <laughs> um, you, you have to love it to do it so long. I mean, you know, you work before the game, you work during the game, and then you work after the game and then present your story. So it's not just showing up at a game and enjoying it. it there's a lot of long hours. There's a lot of pressure. Um, there's a lot of uh, travel sometimes. And there's a lot of deadlines. And if you don't love what you do, bottom line, it's going to make it a lot harder. So, Certainly. you know, and it's okay to say you don't love it. Like, yeah, you know, John, I, I, I don't think I love this. I think I want to become a policewoman. I think I'm going to become a corporate CEO. Uh, then I say follow your dream because you have to make yourself happy to begin with. Yes, definitely. And of course, before we go off the air, I will say that um, one of Nezen's newest reporter, Meredith Gorman, was actually on the Tom Green podcast last year, and uh, awesome for her. Yes, yes. And we had talked about uh, authenticity, and she would always go down to SEC on CBS events, and her mother was like, "Meredith, what are you doing?" And it's like, "Boy, I got this." Kind of like. As the sound check question is from Practical Jokers, Q had once said to a challenge, I got it. And you could just feel that, yeah, he's got it. Same thing and with you know Meredith. What? He's also got it. When, when you say be yourself, it stands out in another way. When I was an intern at WBZ, Bob Bell was going to teach at a college. And um, I, I don't know what you called it in college, but if you had an easy course back then we called it a gut course don't ask me why it was called a gut course but bob didn't want to be a gut teacher he's like you know and so all the other interns they knew this and i didn't i walked in after doing whatever story i was doing and um you know so bob said am i going to be tom what would i be a gut teacher if i taught at bc and i went hell yeah i'd take you in a heartbeat you'd be an easy a and his face fell, right? But I was just being honest. Again, be yourself. And all the other interns are looking at me like, uh, no, no, don't, uh. And Bob left the room. And they go, Don, that was so stupid. And I go, what do you mean? Like, you can't, you can't say that. He doesn't want to be a gut. I go, but he'd be a gut. He's the nicest guy in the world. He, can't, he would never be a hard teacher. And they're like, but don't say that to him. I go, well, I'm not going to lie. And so Bob did a sportscast and he came back in. He goes, okay, Don, you're the only one in this room that said I would be a gut. I said, why would I be a gut? I said, because, Bob, you're so nice. You're so nice and you're so funny. So what would you do? You would probably tell jokes and maybe have a couple athletes in to talk to the people. And you'd give everyone an A. And he looked, he goes, well, yeah, that sounds like me. I go, yeah, that's a gut. (laughs) And he goes, all right, so what would I do? What should I do that would make me a gut? I said, you'd have to have those students interview that athlete. You'd have to have them write papers. You'd have to have them do stuff to learn. And then he's like, huh. The next day, Bob came to me and he said, will you teach this class with me? And all the other interns were like, what? He goes, yeah, John, will you come with me on Wednesdays? You don't have class on Wednesdays. I said, no. He goes, come with me. We'll take a cab. We'll go teach the class. You can be my teaching assistant. And I got to know Bob LaBelle on those cab rides, like more so than just an intern, on those cab rides over Mm -hmm. and talking about the business. And he gave me, when his assistant left, he gave me the job. All from being yourself. That's what I mean by being yourself. The willingness to be honest. You know, I'm not going to lie and be like, no, you did great, teacher. If I don't feel that, I'm not going to say it. 
um, you know, don't be mean. That's not permission to be mean, but you have to be honest. And so that's what I mean by being yourself. If it was if I were fake and I said, oh, my gosh, no, you'd be great. I would just be a faceless group of interns, if that makes sense. Right. And I backed it up. You know, you can't say, no, you'd be terrible and then have, you know, falsehoods to back it up. You have to be who you are and you have to and you have to be willing to be yourself. And that's the only way I know how to be. I mean, again, raised with four brothers, no sisters. You know, you're honest and Maybe in Massachusetts, we're a little more direct than other people, but, you know, I'm like, no, you, 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 this teacher I'd have, I would take you in a heartbeat for an easy day, you know, <laughs> and I just went, oh, and I was like, oh, wrong answer? No, it actually turned out to be the right answer, so. Gotcha, yes, uh, very authentic, and that's who you should be in the sports world. So, uh, uh, last thing before we take off is that, um, Hopefully, with a lot of oh, you're talking a lot about Nezen. I also know Garen Austin from Nezen, who does a great job with the Red Sox. So I've got some, I've got some connections with Nezen, and maybe, maybe they'll listen to this and say, "Hey, this guy's good." <laughs> so Nezen is a great place uh, because Boston is my hometown and near and dear to my heart, and you know it's. It's one of the best sports towns, and you learn so much at Nesson, and that's that's never changed. Uh, that's where uh, Jamie Erdahl, as you know, got her first full time, I believe, uh, on air job, and it's just there's so many talented people that work there, and so many talented people that have moved on. It's it's become um, it's become one of those places that people really want to get into. So good luck to you if that's what you want, Tom. Thanks a lot, and so been a great conversation she is dawn mitchell from fox 9 and this has been the 100th tom green podcast